Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Welcome, Brooke, to the Limitless Soul podcast. So nice to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really happy all of our technology is on our side. <laughs> Thank you, Mercury, for playing nicely. Yes. <laughs> Was it during Mer Mercury Retrograde that we were trying to go live? It might have been the, like the pre-shadow in the beginning. I think it might have been. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think it was something to do with communication. Brooke and I tried to go live and talk and have all these like deep reflections and stuff. And it was like, <laughs> and um, a couple other times we tried to do something. Anyway, it's super great to see you nice and clear mm -hmm. and to have you on today. Um, for all of you out there listening, if you have been following the microdosing docu-series, it was my experiment. I'd never heard of anyone doing that in podcast style before, like a, a docu like a documentation of an experience. So I tried. I tried it. And um the 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 protocols that I was using and so many of you have been um purchasing and participating in are with Axis Mundi and we have the privilege of having Brooke on today to deep dive into some of your, your questions about psychedelics and working intentionally with this medicine, um, working with mushrooms and psilocybin. Uh, for that last five-part series, I was working with psilocybin mushrooms, microdosing for the first time. And I knew that if I was going to do it, I needed support and I needed guidance and I wanted to feel safe and in a container. So um, I found Brooke and Axis Mundi and your amazing life's work. I don't, I don't think I can even call it like your, your program. It's like so much deeper than that and richer than that. So, so excited to have you here today to bring your beautiful energy and wisdom and I'm really excited to see where this goes. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been such a joy getting to listen to your podcast and hear your process. And I'm so excited for the episodes coming out that I haven't heard yet. But I think it's a beautiful idea to document it. It was such a, a gift for me to receive. Yeah, it was interesting to, to document something, but not let anyone hear it. I got, I've got to assume people who write books or, you know, shoot film that it's like this whole process that you're having in real time for you. And the energy is all really present and you're going through this experience and you're just spilling it all out. You're just expressing it all outward, but it's kind of like writing in a journal, like nobody gets to see it right away. And then being able to present it later on after I've gone through a huge process six months later, um, I'm in a different place now. I'm in a different energy now, but even hearing myself back, it's like listening back to 
another person Mm. almost. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. Um, so let's start by, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what Axis Mundi is, what you and Michael, um, have created and why, and let everybody get to know you. Yeah. So hello everyone. I'm Brooke and I'm a psychedelic therapist. So I'm a licensed therapist, um, but I specialize in psychedelic therapy now. And uh, I mean, where to begin? So I'll, I'll share about work first. Um, both my partner, Michael, and I created this business because intentional work with psychedelics helped transform our entire lives. And we are so passionate about helping people access this work in a safe, supportive way. And so we really wanted to provide resources and support for people who were working with medicine so that they can really receive the greatest amount of benefit from their intentional work. So many people work with psychedelics, but they don't know how to prepare for the experience or they don't know how to integrate. And then not much really changes. But when we engage with the medicine with intention and we're well prepared and we can integrate, then this work can help us change our entire lives. So we're really passionate about this work because it's helped us so much. And as a therapist, I used to sit across from my clients every day wishing I could help them with this work, but I wasn't really able to, you know, go there. And so that's when I decided to get trained in psychedelic therapy and really make this my main focus because I just believe in it so much and I've seen it help people in such tremendous ways. So it's really, really my, my passion. Hmm. So you were a therapist before you started doing psychedelic therapy. So does that look like, um, is that, what kind of schooling is that? Yeah. So I got my master's in marriage and family therapy And um, it took a, a, so then I graduated and I spent some years doing internships and Mm -hmm. things like that. And then I got licensed um, and I had my practice where I worked a lot with um, teenagers and their families and then adults as well. Um, And my clients were also wonderful. I just wasn't able to really speak about this work. So that's, yeah. So what brought you to psychedelic specifically was it what was it first that brought you to psychedelics was it a certain kind of medicine yeah so i started experimenting with psychedelics when i was 16 um so i was pretty young but it was all very recreational i was using these medicines very recreationally for for a long time and I had some, you know, short-term benefits and they definitely helped to expand my mind and my consciousness, but nothing long-term was really changing. And in fact, the symptoms I was experiencing at the time were only growing worse. So I was struggling really badly with bulimia, social anxiety, and body dysmorphia. And, um, you know, I just, the recreational use was not giving me enough support. Mm. And I was also in therapy and I had explored, you know, medication as well, but nothing was helping me and everything was just getting more intense and, and more of a challenge and a, a struggle. 
And I started to feel really deeply called to working with medicine in an intentional way. So I felt a really deep call to start going to ceremony. And you know, the medicine arrives when the time is right. And so a ceremony popped right in my lap. And I started uh, working with ayahuasca that summer. Um, actually, I should say that I first worked with psilocybin mushrooms. And the whole night, I got the main message to go work with ayahuasca. That's mm -hmm. what the mushrooms told me. And when the mushrooms tell you to do something, you listen. So right after that, an ayahuasca ceremony found its way to me. And I sat with ayahuasca four times that summer. So in a two-month period, I worked with the medicine four times. And after those four times, I checked myself into treatment. I told my whole family I had an eating disorder. No one knew. It was like a huge secret of mine. And I shared with my very close friends what was going on as well, because I was living a double life, really. I, I was so secretive about what was going on for me. And so I finally told everyone and I got myself the help I needed. So just to like summarize that for everyone who's listening, I had been using psychedelics for 10 years recreationally and not much changed. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I started arriving at this work with intention, um, I, I changed my life in four ceremonies, you know, and wow. it's not that the medicine did the work for me because it does not do the work for us, but it allowed me to move through severe shame, severe fear and denial that, that I hadn't been able to walk through in 10 years. And it helped me do it, you know, in two months. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to change my whole life. It's really interesting to hear you talk about using psychedelics recreationally as a teen, because that was my experience too. And mm. I talked a little bit about, I touched a little bit about on, on the documentary that I did. Um, some of the things that I witnessed. And one of them definitely was this heightened sense of self and uh, in, a, in a perspective shift of um, physical form and uh, like, you know, self-consciousness. Like when you say self-consciousness, sometimes we think of like insecure, but really self-consciousness can be being conscious of the self. And, um, so I just want to talk a little bit about that first of like recreational use versus intentional use, because what you've created is so supportive to, um, healing at a root level. And you make it really clear in the way that you share that this is not going to fix you. Like, you can take one of these courses, you can purchase this medicine, you can follow all of the meditations and the departure questions and the journaling and everything, but it's not going to fix you. So um, what element do you think needs to be really present in order to make a shift? Because it's like recreationally, you can use psychedelics and nothing's going to change for you, possibly make it worse. Intentionally, you can use this practice and nothing could change. So what do you think is like, what's the missing element or what's the, mm. what's the je ne sais quoi 
yeah. that is there because I know so many people who have been listening to this and who are listening right now are probably really curious or have dabbled. And maybe this has been their experience where like, okay, like it didn't really work. I kind of went right back or I got nervous or scared. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a beautiful question. I think there's probably a few elements here. So the first is intention arriving at this work with intention so often when we are using these medicines recreationally we're just doing it for fun and and you know there's nothing wrong with that but we have to know that when we do that like not much is really going to happen um in terms of healing so having an intention when you go into this work to heal or to work on something specific really guides your work with the medicine. And it's funny because I say, I say using the medicine when I'm speaking about recreational use. And I say working with when we're talking about intentional work, because for me, there's such a big difference. One is just like using it to have fun. And one is like really working with the medicine and, um, really arriving at everything that arises um, in, what am I saying? Okay, hold on. <laughs> really like allowing everything that arises in your work with the medicine to help you heal and grow. And so in, in the, the work with the medicine, not running from any discomfort, not pushing away anything that might be scary to look at or really challenging to be with. So in intentional work, it, the, the work with the medicine might not always be fun or light. Mm -hmm. It might be challenging sometimes. It might be uncomfortable. But with intentional work, we know that that discomfort is only there to support us. It's only there to help us with our intention. So we have the intention, we have meeting everything that arises, you know, with acceptance and allowance. And then the third part is integration. So after we work with the medicine, whether a full dose journey or a microdosing practice, then we have to look at what, what came up, you know, what was the medicine helping us to see and look at and be with and feel and how can we implement the wisdom of the medicine into our daily life so that we can really use our work with the medicine to improve our, our daily life? So, yeah, I would say there's three parts probably to that mm -hmm. question. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in making a big shift, you have to have a really solid intention. Can you explain just in your own your own way of, of, um, of thinking about intention, like what is intention to you? Cause I think intention and goals, sometimes people get that a little bit misconstrued and you feel like you have an intention, but you're not really clear. Cause I kind of went through that and I talked a little bit about that. Um, in the last part of that docu-series was when I went through the questions initially from microdose, uh, manifestation was, what is your intention? And you kind of just stare at the page a little bit like, I don't know what to write. And then you're like, wait, is that deep enough? Wait, did I go far enough? And for me, it like evolved over eight weeks into something completely different. But 
for you, if you were to, to share with somebody, what is an intention? Where does that come from and what is it? Yeah. So I would say your intention is the main reason bringing you to the medicine at this time. So people can get really hung up on intention. You know, there might be so many things that we want to work on. I say just narrow it down to the main reason bringing you to the medicine at this time. And so with a full dose journey, you know, you just have your one intention and then you work with the medicine. With microdosing, it can be really supportive to make an intention for your practice, but then each day you actually take your medicine, you can tune into, okay, what is my intention for today? And so that can really help. So it can change each day you work with the medicine when you're microdosing. Um, it might all be connected to a general theme, but it, it doesn't even really have to be. I mean, at the end, it's all connected. So, you know, if, if anyone is feeling confused about intention, just ask yourself, what is bringing me to the medicine today when I'm microdosing? So it might be something like, you know, please help me speak kindly to myself today. Please help me speak up and set any boundaries that I need to set please help me feel my feelings. Or it can be a question like, um, you know, if there's some symptom coming up for you that you want to gain some insight into, like, you know, what, what is the meaning of the symptom? What is the root cause of the symptom? The thing with intention, it, it can be general or specific, but when we work with natural earth medicine, we know that we will always receive exactly what we need. So you kind of don't even have to worry at all, you know, too much about your intention. It does help to guide the experience. But at the end of the day, the medicine and your soul will work together and you will receive exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great way to put it. What do you need? right now what's bringing you to this moment right now because there's so many things <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. narrow it down to like the moment that's that's really helpful um mine evolved so much because when i was working with microdose man manifestation you think about the word manifestation and at least for me i'm super earth sign i'm like practical everything needs to have like a, a reason and so when I thought about intention, I'm like, this has to be a practical reason. And so the most practical thing I could think of was that I need support in my business so that I can actually feel peaceful and feel relaxed. And like, I'm living my life, my real life, and not just living life in work mode. And, and um, you know, I'd look around and people are like having fun and I'm like, <laughs> you know, working so hard and I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. But there was a program that was running in me that, you know, work hard and then you'll be successful and then you'll be worthy, you know, so it circles all the way down to all that, all the way deep, just from that surface level intention and working with the microdosing over time and being patient, you start to realize spontaneously those those little fragments that built up this big narrative. And 
so amazing to see it unravel. And then at the root of it was, what is my real intention? Because every time I'd sit down with those questions, what's the intention? What's my intention? It would just start to become more fluid and clear and less rigid and less um, needing to have an exact meaning. And it dissolved all the way down to my intention is to trust and surrender. Which sounds really broad, but when you're working from very specific to like softening and loosening, it became so, so um, deep and meaningful. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wasn't going to be able to have people to support me if I can't trust and let go and micromanage, that's just creating more work. It's this illusion of people helping you. Oh, I love that so much. You know, while you're working actually harder. So it's really interesting how um, specifically working with the mushrooms in a microdosing setting unwinds the tightly bound um, constructs. Mm. Oh, yeah. Medicine's so good for stuff like control and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say... I love listening to you speak about your practice on the podcast. The way you put words to these experiences that can sometimes be so challenging to put words to is really beautiful. So I've just loved that. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. it's really hard. At first I thought this will be easy because I write poetry. So for me to express things sometimes um, through poetry, I don't try to make it make so much sense. But trying to break down a process for other people to receive so that they, um, so it can connect, especially dealing with things that have um, uncertainty around them and fear. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the fear and things associated with psychedelics, maybe we can go here next, has been associated with this. with illegality. When you hear illegal, you think trouble, you think punishment, you think um, there's this inherent layer of fear that's just naturally attached to it. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, I remember one time um, doing a journey with some of my friends, we're doing a mushroom journey And we were in a really safe place and a beautiful nature environment. And there was this one tiny layer of like heightened, you know, like, what if somebody comes in? What if we get caught? Like, what are we going to go to jail? You know, and um, just aware awareness of that immediately. I'm like, okay, that is not happening. That is not true and you just have to talk yourself back but it's really interesting how it's just there because of the way that our our world is um and the the relationship with it so um yeah do you have any thoughts on that yeah it's it's such it's such a good point there's so much programming that we all grew up with around these medicines and even when we decide to work with it with intention to heal you know and we're in a safe Uh, environment, those programs that we grew up with can still be in there in the beginning. Um, And 
I would say that, um, you know, if you're feeling a really deep call to this work, it's important to honor that, but also it's really important to work with the medicine in a safe setting, you know, somewhere you feel safe and you, you trust all, you know, everyone you are with just to reduce any of those like surface layer fears mm-hmm. that try to get in there. Um, I would also say the more we work with this medicine, those fears tend to to lessen, mm-hmm. um, especially when we're in really ceremonial settings. But yeah, it's very real. I've heard Ram Das speak about it actually, how you know you're going to do this thing to heal, and then you have those thoughts, and it's just like we don't need that. It's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting, and it's just like a common thing that we have um, because of. We, we do live in a system of law and, and structure mm-hmm. and there's consequences to not, you know, abiding by that. It's like kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a very real part of our society. Were, were yeah. you going to say something? Yeah. I was wondering if you had any insight on where you think psychedelics are going next in, in that layer of like our reality. I know in a lot of places like decriminalized and it's like, are you really going to get in trouble for being in a ceremonial setting? You know? Yeah. It's a very loose and kind of um, unboundaried area, but is there anything from your, your side of the fence of being a therapist and being in the know of this that's shifting or changing? Yeah. So First, before I say anything regarding that, I also just want to say um, what we were just talking about for anyone who may be feeling fear working with these medicines, I always say that it should be illegal not to have access to this work. Like Mm. that's how beautiful and important it really is. Yeah. Um, But yeah, in terms of where this work is going, so it seems like MDMA will be the first medicine to become more legal. Um, It will still be highly regulated though. And um, you will likely need a diagnosis of PTSD to work with it. And you'll have to go, they're probably going to make like these centers where you go and there's um, a medical doctor, a therapist and all different types of uh, professionals like that. Um, You know, someone to prescribe the medicine and then the therapist to sit with you while you're working with the medicine. And you will likely have to have, you know, therapy before and after you work with the medicine. So it it will be more available, it seems like. I mean, MDMA is not technically even a psychedelic. It's it's called an intactogen, which means like a heart opener. Mm. Um, But that's definitely the, the first medicine that will become more available to the public. And then psilocybin will probably be second. Um, But again, it will be highly regulated and you will need probably certain diagnoses to be able to work with it and you'll have to be in this setting. Um, So, you know, for some people that's really aligned and then other people are like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. So everyone's different. This, it it will definitely be a process. Um, Although then you have places like Oregon where, you know, it is decriminalized and or it's going to be next year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you have it on you or you're working with it, I'm sure nothing will happen. Um, so, so 
you know, to work with it really legally, it might be highly regulated, but in some states, if you just have it on you, you probably won't get into any trouble. Mm -hmm. So these medicines are definitely on their way to becoming more legal, but it's going to take time for it to be like a hundred percent, you know? And yeah, I mean, marijuana, that's a great example. It's like, I remember being a teenager and it's like such a big deal. And now it's like, there's like a luxury store. That looks yeah. like Chanel. Right, Michigan, I'm like, right. Wait, what Wild. is going on? Yeah. Wild. We don't have that yet in New York, like to that extent. Yeah, it's like glamour. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. these beautiful lounges. And yeah, it's really interesting. I'm like, me and my husband went into one in Grand Rapids and I was like, this feels weird. Wow. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah. Right. So that will probably happen in time, right? Yeah. Probably yeah. something, something like that. Something, maybe, yeah. maybe like some like sound. Oh my gosh. Now I'm like, now I'm visioning things. <laughs> I'm like, you could go and like microdose and lay in like a sound therapy, like, yeah, you know, thing. that would be wild. Yeah. yeah. I heard in Canada, there are some stores that are selling psilocybin. So who knows what will huh. happen? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They're definitely becoming more widely accepted though, for sure. The medicines. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Or why do you think, why do you think that the rise of this, let's just go there for a minute, mm. like the rise of this being more like some, I live in a pretty small, I would say erring on the side of traditionalist area in Michigan that um, I'm probably the outlier where people would be like, you do what? And you, you know, I kind of like try to run under the radar just like slightly, you know, like I'm <laughs> yeah. going to like hockey practice and, you know, a little bit trying to just be like, you know, um, <laughs> but it, it's not like necessarily like norm. Like I would still be like kind of a little bit like quote unquote, like hippie, um, yogi, you know, a little yeah. bit like different, but becoming so much more like in my world, I'm like, everybody is, you know, doing this every, you know, I just get this kind of in my mind that so many people I know are using, um, holistic methods to heal their bodies mentally, um, living this lifestyle. But why do you think that is it's shifting in that direction so much? Like what, what happened from like, you know, 10 years ago to now that it's like, oh, let's talk about microdosing as if we were choosing a healthy breakfast for yeah. the month, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's, it's like, this is just a part of like the process because people would ask me like, I had so many people interested about microdosing when I started feeling really comfortable talking about it. And they're like, can you drive? Like, can you go pick up your kids from school? Like, what if, what if you got, you know, what if you have to go to work? Like, you know, and yeah. it's, it's just such a different conception. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, multiple people might have different answers to this question, but what comes up for me is that, you know, anxiety and depression and, and just having challenges with daily life in this society, it's so common. 
And um, so many people have tried all the other things first to heal, um, you know, like some more Western types of things and, and not had much success or much change. And by the way, if like medication and like things like that have been so helpful for you, that's beautiful. Everyone is different. I'm just speaking generally, but so many people have tried things like that uh, or like behavioral work that doesn't go into any of the emotion at all. And they've, you know, maybe had short-term success and then the symptoms come back or, you know, it's just, or maybe no success at all. And people feel like they've tried so many different things without any changes. And then, you know, then those people typically become more open to other ways of healing, more alternative methods. And so like psychedelics, and, and I think that's where they come in. And a lot of people, when they work with psychedelics, things can change very quickly. And like I said in the beginning, it's not like the medicine is healing them, but it can jumpstart things really quickly um, or even help people to get off medications that they were wanting to get off of but had trouble stopping because of withdrawal symptoms and things like this. So people definitely can see results quickly with psychedelics. They have to be maintained for sure, but I think that's maybe contributed to the to the popularity lately. Mm -hmm. Like a quicker um, shift and longer lasting results. Yeah. And, and getting to the root or, or because, mm -hmm. because you can get to the root, the medicine is not supporting you in bypassing anything. It's not supporting you in repressing anything. It's going to help have you look your stuff straight in the face so that you can heal. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. Like deeper access. Yeah. 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 So much of our society encourages just, you know, suppressing the symptom and moving forward and then like going back to work the next day so that you can be right. productive and psychedelics really support us in, in getting to the root and, and getting to what's underneath so that we can give it love and acknowledgement and attention and then take the necessary steps to really continue healing in daily life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to talk about, um, journeying and, yeah. and going into an altered state of consciousness and what that experience from your perspective in the best way that you can, um, can paint a picture and explain what that's like for people maybe who haven't done it before and are interested or for people who um, maybe have recreationally done it and had a you know bad trip or a bad experience quote unquote for them in that moment which deters them from wanting to try it again but are like curious um because we had started planning a retreat together where I was going to have you come and facilitate a journey. And this, I know that it's going to happen. We had to reschedule. So if you were one of the people who was out there, like curious about it or thinking about it, time, just wait in time. Um, but that is something that I'm so interested in having, especially having you be able to be there for the group to facilitate this for everyone um, in a safe environment in like a week-long format in a retreat format where there's time right you can come have a journey 
and then before you have time to get settled and then after you have time to integrate in an environment that's not immediately sending you back home um that's my dream and it's coming it'll come soon um but i know that a lot of people are really interested what does that look like like what is the actual journey like how long does it last and what what kind of things might come up i know it's different for everybody but in general is it like um from your perspective colors shapes awarenesses what kind of things do you hear what does it feel like in your body what's the texture the viscosity the what is the the cinematic um <laughs> internal experience that's going on with a yeah. mushroom mushroom journey we'll talk about that one specifically yeah um, so yeah, the retreat all in divine timing, divine it's timing so, is everything. Yeah. It's so natural for, for people to have hesitations, but I hope after listening to this, mm -hmm. um, if, if you are feeling the call that you feel, uh, more trusting to honor it, but yeah, all in divine timing, you know, no rush. Mm -mm. So a journey, yeah, it can be, like you said, different for everyone every time, but some of the general things that can occur are, um, you know, I'll say like with things like anxiety and depression or sim or any, you know, symptom that, that we've been moving through, our focus can become really narrow and we can just really focus on what's bothering us and what hurts or what's frustrating us or what's hard. And so we end up having a really narrow focus and we're just living every day in that narrow focus. And then when we work with the medicine, all of a sudden our consciousness is expanded and what was really a narrow focus all of a sudden becomes really expanded. And now all of a sudden we can see things from different perspectives. We can create new narratives for, for things we've been going through for years. We can fear, feel more uh, motivated or willing to make necessary changes in our lives. We can feel more committed to doing what we need to do to heal. And we can also connect to, you know, spirit, love, universe, God, whatever word feels aligned for you. Um, so we can connect to something bigger than our just limited vision that we've been in every day, which is so deeply supportive when we're healing. Um, now, everyone is different. So you might have visual, you know, sometimes you see like in a movie, if someone is working with a medicine, they might show like a visual representation of that. And you might have something like that, but sometimes the medicine can be so strong and you won't have any visual things going on at all. And it's more just in your body, you're feeling it, or just in your mind. Um, your body might feel looser, more like, uh, I don't it's so hard to put words to these things. I know. Yeah, you <clears throat> might feel like a ton of energy moving through your body. Um, you could also just be doing like, I, I say that working with psychedelics is like looking in a mirror for four hours. So typically with psilocybin, it's a four hour journey. When you work with natural medicine, it's so beautiful because it's it's natural you're working with a spirit you're working with an ancient consciousness and so the medicine comes on very gradually it comes really like in waves so you will begin to feel you might feel it tingles in your body at first and then gradually just gets stronger and stronger 
Um, and then after two hours, it will start to gradually come down. So it's just very, you know, it follows this curve every time. And after four hours, no matter how deep in the medicine space you were, after four hours, you will come back, you know, to where you were mm-hmm. prior to ceremony, except you will feel, you know, way more, w- way different. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how, but. So yeah, you know, feeling connected to something bigger than yourself, feeling, um, you know, it's like a life review. You may review relationships in your life, your work, um, your what lights you up, what you want to spend your time doing. You might notice things that are out of alignment and feel more motivated to make changes because you see, oh, this, you know, this friendship actually is really unhealthy. I I don't want to spend my energy there. Or this job is really toxic. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. I need to make a change there. Um, Or like, I want to sing more, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on your own life journey and your intention and your karma and what you're here to learn, you'll receive exactly what you need. That's why also the medicine, it's so amazing because you're working with this consciousness and it's working, you know, alongside your soul. And so you will receive the exact experience you need at that moment in time. And we just know that we can trust Mm -hmm. that completely. And so, you know, it's not, it's not always super fun it might be you might laugh for four hours <laughs> or you might cry you know mm-hmm. we don't know what will happen but we do know that it's going to support you greatly in healing and growing and connecting more deeply to love in your heart and love all around you um and uh yeah you can just trust what ever arises when you're working in a safe environment with people you trust then every single thing that arises is there to support you and you can trust it and you can, you can be with it. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of like the insight of a mushroom journey. Can you give just your insight perspective from your experience of ayahuasca too, and the difference, because something that a lot of people have been asking me and I've been hearing a lot of people say um, is that like they're really afraid of doing anything because they've heard of these stories of like throwing up and you know all of this stuff and there's been so many like celebrities going out there and like talking about their experience with ayahuasca specifically that's been the one that keeps coming up everywhere um, so can you just touch on that and like that psychedelic experience in a relation to a mushroom journey yeah so the main difference is really the setting when you're working with ayahuasca you're typically in a ceremonial setting with a shaman someone who's trained for many many years to serve this medicine and they're singing um what are called ikaros so these are like medicine songs and these are songs that the shaman has received from the plants so when the shaman was working with the plants themselves, they received these songs and now they sing them in ceremony. It's typically dark. And in an ayahuasca ceremony, you're, you're sitting on the floor, maybe on a yoga mat. There's no talking. It's dark. You just sit with yourself and you are with yourself for the, you know, four to five hours. And, um, it could be longer for ayahuasca. Um, 
and you're just allowing these medicine songs to to carry you exactly where you need to go. Um, if you do need help or, or support or anything, there are typically helpers in an ayahuasca ceremony, just in case you need anything, they're there for you, but otherwise there's no talking. Um, so with mushrooms, there are so many different settings. You could be in a ceremony like that, um, but also you could be in a very different ceremony. It really depends. Um, you know, with, with what we were going to do, it was going to be, sort of similar we, um you know we're not shamans we weren't going to be singing medicine songs but uh, michael plays music he plays guitar and then we also play um recorded music as well that is meant just for journeying mm -hmm. um so in our own work we like to provide a ton of support as well just so you know, ayahuasca is a very important medicine for me. She's, you know, very beautiful for me. Um, but not everyone wants to be in that setting. Mm -hmm. Some people want a setting where it's uh, a bit more, you know, there's a bit more freedom to uh, ask for help or speak if you need anything or just stretch if you need to move your body. So, yeah, it it's just so different. And we just want to encourage you to do what feels aligned for you. No medicine is better than another. It's just, what are you feeling called to right now? Next year, it might be, it might be a different medicine, mm -hmm. but just like honor what you're feeling called to right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is really interesting because you ask, you can ask this over and over again, like, how do I know? How do I know if I'm ready? How do I know if it's the right timing? And um, I know you've answered this before and it's like, you just have to listen to yourself and tune in and ask, you know, listen for the call, listen, listen um, internally because no one can tell you. Yep. I think uh, about when you're 38 years old, <laughs> probably in the winter, you should do this. It's yeah. like, I mean, you could probably look at your birth chart and see uh, when Saturn's coming around. Maybe yeah, that'd be a good time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, really tuning in and listening to yourself. And then I, in all the times I've ended up in a medicine ceremony, when I'm there, I'm like, oh my God, how did I even get here? Kelly, I always say that. How did I? Wait, how am I here right now doing this? And that's how you know that you're in the right place at the right time. That's wild to hear you say that. Every time I go to an ayahuasca ceremony or I'm working with psilocybin, I'm like, how, how am I here again? I don't, it just, it felt like I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> like, mm. Universe just led me there. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because it's not like it's a let's do this every weekend or, you know, it's not planned. It's not yeah. like scheduled in. Yeah. At least in my experience, it's very intuitive. And I just, it's that inner knowing. And I think yeah. the more you do the integration of whatever practice you are in, maybe you're in a meditation practice or a yoga practice or any kind of practice, the more you tune in and you listen, you'll hear. I mean, I was led to a combo ceremony and I never, I was like, I heard about it probably like five or six years ago. I was like, I'm never doing that. I am not going to go intentionally throw up somewhere. Just no, <laughs> they're not going to burn little holes on my skin. That is crazy. I am not doing that. And then I remember sitting on the ground in a ceremony, this beautiful circle. 
in, in Austin, Texas. And I was like, how am I here? Like, how did I get here? And it was the most profound. It's really what catalyzed like so much for me. Um, that was back in October. And then I started it, it, how you got led to mushrooms through ayahuasca. I got led to mushrooms from kombu and I got led to kombu from ayahuasca. They all are, they are all work, working together. Well, yeah. I can't speak English, but yes, that's amazing. Yeah. Ayahuasca so is like, because I could feel her. I did a, I did an integration um, uh, session with a shaman from Peru. That's one of my te- teacher shamans. And he um, helped me integrate it a year later because I didn't feel like I'd fully integrated my, my one mm. sitting with ayahuasca. And so he did a session with me and it's just the most beautiful healing and working with water, my, the waters of my body and stuff. And um, oh. after that, it felt like she could, I could hear her more. Like I could feel, mm. you know, like that grandmother spirit so strong. And I think that's what has tuned, tapped me into and tuned me really into working with plants specifically is um, I don't think about it and I'm not using my intellect about it. It is, and it's not even necessary. It is my body, but it's, um, it's an intelligence that's, that's like reminding and, and leading into a place. Mm-hmm. And every time I land there, like how we said, how am I here right now? The path to getting there wasn't a resistant one. Mm-hmm. It was a surrendered one. Yes. Oh, I love uh, hearing you put words to this. Sometimes it can be so hard for me to put words to this. That is so beautiful. Yeah. It's not something that we, that, you know, I would um, encourage anyone to really like think hard about. Mm-hmm. You you can just feel when the call is really strong. You might be dreaming about it. You might start hearing about it everywhere. You may just feel in your body. Like you just have to go do this thing. That's how it was when I first started working with ayahuasca. I didn't know why or how or when I was going to do it. And it was just such a strong pull. I had to go do it. And she just arrived when the time was right. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's so beautiful what you said. Yeah. I don't know how else to say that because it is a lived experience. I don't, some things are just not meant to be exactly explained. We can do the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like a, an arriving it's like a draw Mm. and um it definitely does send you on a different path and uh it asks you to be more reverent and more deep with everything like every choice now that i make feels important do you feel like that i love that yeah i i feel so connected to working with ayahuasca and the mushrooms every single day. There, there have been times where I haven't worked with the medicine, you know, for two years because I only sit when I feel called. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in those years, I would think of the medicine every day. It's just once you enter the medicine space and you you connect with these medicines, um, they're with you forever, you know, because it's a consciousness. So it's like you've formed a relationship with this consciousness and and you've opened more deeply to your own self, your own truth, your own soul. And that's with you always now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like one of the, I love your Instagram page. If you all are not um, following Axis Mundi Ceremony on Instagram, highly recommend. I love 
all of the quotes and all of the like snippets. It's like little tiny remembrances every day. <laughs> and one of them that you posted the other day, just to kind of close this whole thing up is about um, remembering your true nature. And just even the word nature, I love um, and thinking about nature and what nature is. And when people say, I love to be out in nature, I love nature. And I've just developed like a really deep, especially in these last three years, a deeper connection with what nature is to me and how I am a part of it and how we are a part of it, how we are it. And um, so remembering our true nature and coming back to our true nature, can you just tell me, you know, in your, in your words, in your um, point of view, like what is our, our true nature? Mm. So it's a beautiful question. <laughs> Let's see how I can answer this. To me, um, Mike, Mike and I have a teacher who calls it human disease, like just all the mm. stuff of being human, you know, all the, the, the stuff of the mind, the fears, the illusion, it's the human disease. And mm. so when we work with these natural earth medicines, they return us to our true nature, which to me is love, trust, truth, compassion, it's not living in fear. It's really just being connected to ourselves, our intuition, and then to nature around us. And um, yeah, like the ultimate true nature to me is love. Mm. Yeah. And there's so much in our mind that can get in the way of that. And every day we have to return, return, return. Mm -hmm. But when you speak about nature and the elements, oh my goodness, I learned so much from that. Your connection to the elements, it's so strong, you know, and we all get to receive uh, from that connection. And you help me ground into that every day, every day. Yeah, I thank you. I've been, you know, playing with expression and how to connect the elements because that is becoming, you know, when I started Limitless Soul, Limitless Soul has become really what it is, is nature. Mm. It It is. And I love how um, deeply connected you are with the, the energy of love because the energy of love is nature. And to expand on that, you know, into the elements for me is so dynamic and love is so dynamic. It's, it is fire. It's passionate. It's fury. It's intense it's also water and soft and gentle and fluid and flowing and um, deep. And it can be really rough and it can be really gentle and it's air and it's light and it's wispy. And it's also the earth that's holding it all. It's grounded and it's connected and it's sturdy and it's, it's safe. So, you know, when we think about our true nature just remembering, because they know that a lot of people talk about like spiritual bypassing. You start talking about love and light and people will be like, well, you don't understand. And I'm like, well, you know what love is? It's all of it. So, you know, when yeah, I- Tears think, in my eyes, yeah. <laughs> when I start thinking about nature and love, I'm like, we are this dynamic swirling energy of all of it. 
and all of nature. And I live in Michigan, you live in New York. So it's like, we see, we see the dormancy of, of life and you see uh, the expansion and the contraction and you see the whole cycle. So I just remember that when I think about like returning to true nature and how the mushrooms and the plants remind us of that, that we're not trying to go anywhere. We're not trying to achieve anything. I'm not trying to achieve this infinite bliss. Like infinite bliss to me now is embodying the, 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 the whole aspect of the elementals. So, mm. um, and then mushrooms definitely help you get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was so beautiful. Kelly. I got tears in my eyes hearing you speak about the elements. I know they've become my, I don't know, I guess maybe my work, my, my passion. I feel so connected to them. Um, yeah. Yeah, Thank you beautiful. so much for being here, Brooke. I, I feel like time just flew by and I don't want I to stop. I don't want it to stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. This was so beautiful. Yeah, this was absolutely great. Um, Thank you everyone for tuning in and hanging out with me and Brooke. Yeah. Um, I will absolutely have every single way you can connect with her and Michael and Axis Mundi and their beautiful offerings to this planet and to humanity. It's such important work. I'm just like fall in love with you every day um, and how just you can just, I have a, a gift of reading energy and I swear, like I can pick people out and I'm like, oh, her, she's it. She's it. <laughs> and I just, um, I'm so drawn to, uh, your power and your, your presence. So thank you so much for everything you're doing. Um, and I hope you all go, go check out their amazing work. And if you feel called or if you need help, or if you need support, uh, questions, please feel free to reach out. Thank you.